Mike James, performance analyst. Welcome to the ATP podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. So you work with Holger Rune, he's one of your players. Can you just give us a brief outline of what exactly you do? So my role as performance analyst for Moratoglu Analytics and Moratoglu Academy is effectively to provide marginal gains within the sport. So we're trying to take a, a sports science approach to, to uh, the analysis, basically. So we're looking at biomechanics, match analysis, movement. We're trying to pull everything together to, to, to gain five or six points a tennis match and if you're talking about someone like Holger he's at Everest base camp he can see the, the summit <laughs> so how do we buy um, an extra 200 points a season to get him to ultimately number one in the world because that's really all it comes down to um, I do some commentary and the more I do it it really comes down to those fine margins it's one shot here or there and you see the total points won at the end it's so close sometimes in sometimes a player will win or lose more points and they'll have the opposite result that, that's totally correct if you're looking at 10 tennis matches you're talking between 5 and 10 points difference sometimes like you say you can actually win more points and actually lose the match mm. So the reality is we're, we're looking at, and we know nowadays with the technology and the video and the data that's out there, we know tennis is a game of repeatable patterns. So how can you repeat your strengths more often than not to hurt your opponent? And that's really what I'm and the team at Mobile Analytics are diving into week in, week out, or day in, day out, should I say. <laughs> minute, to, minute Yeah, out. exactly. <laughs> and, and never sleeping to actually provide insights, because that's what it's about. It's providing... You know, you can look at the the TV stats, and if I'm honest, the TV stats often don't give any insight to a coach or a team or a player that they don't already know. So we're trying to find um, and look at ways, for example. So, so my belief within the sport is that it's a power sport. So that might be quite controversial for some people already to to think. Well, what do you mean by that? And what I mean by that is, if a player can increase ball speed and find a way to create more forced errors that's going to help them because let's say we take Holger for example um, his ball speed has increased on several strokes over the last uh, 12 months that allows him to know he can hit with good quality a meter from the line so he's not taking high risk know the opponent has is going to touch the ball with their racket but they're going to miss because the ball quality is so high mm. And you can actually tell him that and you can show him the numbers, can't you? Which really does help because you could say, oh, hit the ball hard or you need more spin. But if you can actually give a player the numbers and show them today you're hitting this, tomorrow you can hit this. And that's what's going to be as a result. Absolutely right. So there's a consequence as well for the number. So when you look at the raw number, that's the headline. But what is the what's behind that number how does it get to that point and often it's down to court position it's biomechanics it's movement all of these things create uh, the, the headline figure that we see on the stat sheet and it helps that to you a tennis player yourself do you think that makes a big difference for guys in your role I mean, I say tennis player. I play tennis at a county level, but yes, we'll, I'll accept that right now. Um, <laughs> I think so game. because you've got you've got sort of the data science area that are, you know they're coming into the sport. Data scientists giving information, but I think man for man, I can talk with a coach. Obviously, me and Patrick are having many conversations around Holger's game, and I can have the feel 
to to see behind the numbers and actually help the coach narrow down to what is important. One thing I'm jealous of with, let's say, football is the analysts in football. They the matches on the Saturday, they review on Sunday, Monday, train Tuesday, Wednesday, and they repeat that because there's one maximum two matches a week. So the time constraints on the sport are super difficult. Plus you're traveling around the world in different time zones so if I'm not on site that's why I think it's good for me to be on site it's then difficult if you have a 10 hour time difference in uh, Melbourne or LA or something like this. You do seem to be on site an awful lot whenever we go to you on the cameras Mike James is in the front row and you have a good poker face you you look pretty relaxed. Thank you I'm I'm definitely not relaxed inside Um, I think that was Patrick's vision for for bringing someone like me on board for the academy and for the Moratoglu Academy players that ultimately my philosophy matched his philosophy around communication so if you under communicate the, the, the performance analysis that can actually be destructive to the player and the team so actually I always talk about over communicating mm. and sometimes the coaches get sick with me always <laughs> badgering them and showing them things and this sort of stuff but actually then you've got clarity and then it's for the coach to um, dilute and take my information and deliver it to the player right. because the player cannot take on uh, a 50 page PDF with all these different graphs yeah. and patterns it's then the skill so I talk about it like art and science so you've got like the science sports science side with what we're doing and then the coach creates the artistic side to deliver and inspire the player and find those marginal gains and what we talked about at the beginning. Yeah, that's a really interesting point because, of course, you're seeing so much information both on your own player and the opposition and it's uh, how much to give the player because they could be completely overwhelmed. So you're saying you give them as much as you know and you think is realistically uh, possible and then the coach actually goes, right, I'm going to take one, two, three pieces and give it. Is that about right? Uh, That's absolutely spot on because we learn differently. Every player uh, takes on information differently. You cannot say that um, a player at 35 years old um, can take on the same information as an 18-year-old or vice versa. Everyone's different. So the reality is the coach knows best the player on how to deliver that information. And sometimes it might be something super, super small that we've actually spent two or three hours looking at. But it sounds really, really basic. And then sometimes it can be the opposite way. Um, So I think my role has to be really flexible and I'm working in different teams with different players. So, you know, I cannot um, metaphorically wear the same hat um, with with Holger's team as I would with a WTA player, etc. Right. What about the opponent? Obviously, you're looking at Holger and his speed and margin for error and how high he's hitting the ball over the net. How much are you looking at the opponent and actually dissecting where their weaknesses and their strengths are? So again, the philosophy that matched with Patrick was around your player is the most important person on the court. So we're doing... A lot of my role and the team's role at Moratoglu Analytics is the game development, we call it. How can we, again, build the player up with the ball speeds, with the less errors, more winners, you know, that perfect scenario, that holy grail that ultimately no one ever gets to. Um, so that's the main focus. I would say 70% is about this, day in, day out. How can we improve training? We're filming training at the academy. We're actually diving in to these areas. And again, as a sport... Uh, naturally we we take the match footage and we see but we're not taking training footage Mm. but in football NFL baseball they're always looking at training footage 
going back to your question, yes, scouting is important because there might be some tendencies or weaknesses that match up from our players' strengths to their weakness. But yeah. all, sometimes, actually, that's not the case. And also, it's down, if you're working with someone like Holger, he's a, he's a Rolls-Royce, he's a Ferrari, and he has a massive toolkit to be able to change and adapt if he wants to from his game. Mm. Ultimately, we want him to play his tennis and he wants to be the boss on the court. But the scouting does come in sometimes when you can find marginal gains and you can see uh, these one or two percent. But essentially, it's all about Holger. Well, 70% is about Holger, Rune, your player, and that's what you're looking for. And he is a Rolls Royce, isn't he? I mean, the upside is just enormous and his passion for the game is, well, unquestioned. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And Holger's thirst for knowledge, his ability to be curious. Um, often the team are getting uh, uh, WhatsApps uh, late at night with videos. <laughs> uh, what do you think of this? Uh, I love this. And, and his knowledge around like uh, uh, tennis players in the in the 90s and 80s which I think I'm born 84 so I feel like I've got something uh, on him uh, with those. he knows everything <laughs> yeah haven't. he knows everything and that's why YouTube's uh, around I think uh, so he's a uh, his, his, his thirst for knowledge is unbelievable and I think that's why uh, you know he, he is where he is and he loves the sport and your thirst for knowledge seems to be pretty high as well yeah I yeah I think my number one trait is probably my passion for the sport and uh, I feel lucky that I don't really call it a job I, I, I would do this anyway. Even if you weren't paid. We won't tell Patrick. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Maybe not the case nowadays with a family, but um, but no, I think we're very privileged to work in such an unbelievable sport where you're... The, the diversity of the sport and the fact the sport, again, coming back to analysis, it's on different surfaces. We're changing the balls all the time. Don't get me started on this. Altitude, <laughs> non-altitude. You you know, the adaptation we've had to do from coming from the, a long clay season, then it's like three days on the grass and then you play your first match. It, it's actually organised chaos in this sport and I think you have to be comfortable being in a chaotic environment and, uh, and adapt to survive. I'm using a lot of cliches here, but it really is the sport in a nutshell. It's a, a very chaotic sport where you, you don't know when you're going on fourth on today, mm. but is that is that 5pm, is that 3pm, is that a night match? You never know, is there a retirement? You know, these things, um, am I going to play five sets? Am I going to play? It, it's, it's a crazy sport if you think about it. Mike James, it's been very nice to speak to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.